You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 29. Today, we've got special guest and systems expert Marina Darlow on the pod to talk about how to reduce stress, get paid faster, and work less with systems in our business. Welcome to The Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello and welcome to today's show. Listen, today I'm bringing on a special guest named Marina Darlow. Marina is a systems expert and a productivity geek, self-proclaimed geek. That's not something I'm calling her. (laughs) She sees her job as helping impact-driven entrepreneurs get 10 to 20 more productive hours a week. And I have to tell you, when I saw this in her information, I was like, hello, sign me up, girlfriend. Because um, I don't know about you, but like I love marketing funnels because they help me really stay focused on um, marketing that gets results. But there are a lot of other areas in my business where I could definitely use systems. And I would never say that I'm a systems expert in other areas, right? And so when I saw this, I was like, you know, a marketing funnel is a system for marketing. We should talk about how this same approach could be used for other stuff because Marina is all about helping us get 10 to 20 more productive hours a week, stop leaking money, hello, and prevent stress-fueled breakdowns. So that sounded good to me, which is why I wanted to have her on the show because it's taking this whole idea of a marketing funnel and bringing it broader. So Marina is an engineer by training, and she came to a realization a couple years ago, working for a huge conglomerate is not as inspiring as she wanted her life and work to be. So the quest for inspiration brought her to found Vision Framework, which is her company that builds small purpose-driven businesses from the inside helping entrepreneurs run their companies with ease by putting effective, easy to use, and fun systems in place. Yes, she creates fun systems. And, you know, her and I had some conversations back and forth before I had her on as a guest and then afterwards. And, you know, we've gone back and forth a few times. And I have to say, I was a little skeptical when she said that she had fun systems, but it is actually true. And and she really is focused on helping people figure out how to create systems that do allow them more freedom and more fun in their business. So Again, as you know, marketing funnels are a system for your marketing, and Marina and I have a great discussion about how to take that same approach for other areas of your business so that you can become more productive, get paid faster, hello, we all want that, and work a lot less with a lot less stress. So let's dive into today's interview. All right, Marina, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's fun to be here. Thanks. Okay, so I would love for you to start off with just a teensy tiny bit about how you came to be in this business. My mentor dragged me by the hair after a year <laughs> of resistance, kicking and screaming. <laughs> a 
Okay. So it definitely was not like your dream to start this business, but it's, it's taken off for you. So how, you know, I mean, clearly your mentor was right. So help me understand like how, what, what is it about systems that really kind of got into your soul? So the longer version of the story is that I used to be in corporate. I managed large scale projects across three continents and many millions of dollars. And as it often happens, I burnt out to the point where I really publicly went on Facebook and said, this project management chapter of my life is over. I'm looking for the next whatever comes. And so much so, I went to do an interior design degree at RISD. But in the middle of this degree, I was in this personal development slash business development program. And a good friend, also in a program, was looking to move into private practice. She was a therapist and her revolutionary treatment that she came up with wouldn't be covered by insurance. She had no shortage of clients. But she couldn't quite figure out how many she could take on, how much money she's standing to make, how many hours she's supposed to work. And for me, it was a territory I was really comfortable in. So I basically said, well, let me do the spreadsheet for you. This is really easy. This is how we do it. Uh, okay, here's the spreadsheet. This is where you plug the numbers of clients. And this is where you see how much money you're going to make. This is where you decide how much you're going to charge. And this is where it says how much it is going to be per year, how many hours you're going to you know, work a week. So you can play, you can consider different alternatives. And for her, it was mind blowing. Uh, like magical, I would imagine. Which for me in turn was like, wait, people actually find value in this people who run companies and to me at that point, there were gods. Like, if you know how to run your own company and to make a living, you must be superhuman. Because it was scary. I couldn't imagine myself doing it ever. So to realize that these, you know, Olympus dwellers may need some skill that I find pretty trivial, that was a revelation. Um, that first client, it was for free. I worked you know, I didn't even think to charge her for that. She brought in other people and the word of mouth started spreading. And this is basically how my business took off. Mm -hmm. And my mentor told me, you know, what you can really offer is the way you think. It's not necessarily, because I was like, I don't have any particular skills. And I'm not a scientist that studied for years and years and has a PhD and has some specific knowledge. I'm not a marketer. I'm not an anthropologist. I'm just, you know, I'm just me. I'm just using common sense. And she was of a different opinion. She basically said, you know, the way you think, the way you approach things, you have a gift for making things simple and systematic. And apparently many amazing, creative, incredibly talented people could use your help mm -hmm. in that area. Mm -hmm. And that's how my business was born. Oh, I love it. And you know, I, I just want to uh, pause there. I mean, that's not what this podcast is about, but I know sometimes people are listening and wondering like, uh, cause I was stuck in that 
place for a long time too when I was first trying to figure out what I would have for my business, you know, a long time ago. Um, because sometimes the skills that, that we can't even recognize because they're so innate to us, sometimes those are the very skills that can be the absolute foundation for our business. So thank you for sharing that, that story. Um, no, it's, it's fabulous. So, okay. So your approach is to really take things that, um, that maybe in the day to day of running our businesses can seem really overwhelming, but for you, you just come in and say, you know what? I have a system for this. And, um, you know, on the marketing funnel show, typically we talk about marketing funnels and how to make marketing better. But the truth is a marketing funnel is a system, right? It's a yeah, it's a system to make your marketing work. And the, and our businesses will work better when all of our systems work. And I know I personally have had times when like maybe my payment systems haven't worked well or haven't played well with the technology that I have or, you know, just various other systems that I have maybe have broken down and I have to create a, a new approach to them. And so I'd love for you to talk about a time maybe with a, a client or something where a system wasn't working and how you came in and helped kind of evaluate that and, and help Cause I know, you know, one of your things is you can really save people a lot of time by making systems work better. So I'd love for you to kind of take us on a, on a journey or a story about how your approach can really help save us time or overwhelm or, you know, just frustration. Thank you for showcasing this. Um, let me think about an example. <clears throat> Apologies. That could be edited out. So one of the easiest examples to give is systems around money. A while ago, a thriving, super popular medical practice hired me because apparently the business was losing money. And I came in and I started looking, you know, what they have in place. And mind you, these people were grown organically for seven years in a row. They had staff of about 15 people. So as a business, they were clearly known and there were clients in abundance. How come the business was losing money? Well, the first thing I asked, like, where do you track the money that comes in? And what was the answer? We don't. Would you believe it? Uh, well, I mean, that, that would be the first thing that I would Thing, that how you set it up, but uh, yeah, that's what they said. I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we do payroll, great. So you track the money that you give to others, but you don't know how many sales you make, how many client payments come through, how much insurance is paying you. Like, really? So we set up first thing. We set up a big, meaty Excel to track the various kinds of income that they had. And they were selling you know, food supplements, they had dietitians, they had psychologists, uh, they had all these people and they had worked with different insurance. And yeah, it was kind of complex, but that's not a reason to lose the sight of how much money business was making. 
Now, once the spreadsheet was in place, it was good and shiny and nice and had all the information, but the next step would be to establish a procedure of using this tool on a regular basis. Because you can have the best system in the world, and now when I say system, I actually mean the tool. You can have the best container, the edgiest software, the most capable subset of features, if you don't engage with it on a regular basis and you kind of breeze through the process and you don't resent the process, the last part is kind of really important because many people, when they hear systems, their eyes glaze over and they immediately start feeling this undercurrent of wanting to avoid it. Mm -hmm. We can dive into why, but you probably deal with marketing people day in and day out. So I'd imagine your listeners could relate to a degree. So when you have a wonderful tool, it's not enough. You need a process to interact with it. So for that particular client, we decided that every, I think it was Monday, that every Monday there's half an hour where they look at certain metrics. They check in that all the information is in. They see how many sales were made in each category. They examine where the sales may be falling or where the clients may be not coming in or the other way around, what are their best, most popular service? Um, they specifically focused a lot on um, losing weight. So that would give them a constant picture of how things are going on in their business, not just in terms of money, not just in terms of the bottom line, but also in a broader sense where their business is attracting people, what kinds of activities are becoming more popular, what kind of activities are actually costing them money or not bringing enough, and so on and so forth. So there were stories in there, and these stories would be immersing them on a regular basis so they can actually be a much more engaged part of their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, and it's the same thing with marketing funnels. Like you can have the most beautiful funnel, but if you don't send traffic to it, and if you never take a look at your metrics, you have no idea if it's working, right? Right. You just end up frustrated by why am I not making more money? Why nobody's coming? Yeah. And what's, what's going on? Um, okay. So you set up this process where, they, where they're looking at it every Monday. And so pretty soon, after a few Mondays, I'm sure, patterns start to emerge. Yes. Mm. Yes. And when patterns start to emerge, for instance... Let's say they notice that a certain package is more popular than, you know, than others. They can invest in marketing this package heavier. Yes. Or there was another example, like a product they had high hopes for didn't quite sell very well. And it begs the question, why? So, you know, they started thinking, how can we make it more attractive? because it has this huge potential. And ultimately there was like, um, they asked one of, one of the people on their team to go into other doctor's offices and, you know, build sort of a referral relationship with a certain type of patient to send their way. Mm-hmm. Build demand for it, right. Right, in a sense, it's a funnel, right? They saw where a funnel is breaking down and not bringing in as much revenue and maybe as much impact as they were hoping. But you wouldn't know that without 
checking in on the data. That's one thing. And another thing, you start involving your employees a little more because now they know that every week somebody's looking at the data they're entering and they pay more attention to both like the process of entering the data and also to the importance of how the business works to the importance of certain clients to a business, the importance of certain programs to their bosses, to the business owners. So they become kind of more involved and more invested in what it is that they do. Yeah. And so, so that kind of transitions into what are some of the key steps to implementing a system for your business? So, I mean, I guess part of, part of it is making sure that you have, um, a time when you're going to be actually checking in on your system. But what are some of the other steps that, you know, if you're a business of one or if you're a business, you know, a big business like this uh, doctor's office, what are some of those key steps that you need to make sure that you uh, put in place? Oh, that's a brilliant question. So there's actually a range. There's key steps from, you know, macro level of assessing what's not working and maybe going through your own internal issues. It's especially true with money, but it's also true with time when you kind of face your own demons and you admit, for example, that you never do what's on your calendar. Why is that? Maybe it's, you know, a defiance that you have in you, or maybe it's because you feel that you're never, you never do enough anyways. And like you, you always fail and you have this discomfort and awkwardness around doing stuff that you planned because in a sense you anticipate failure and you need, you have some work to do internally. So that's, you know, first step is really looking at a system and asking yourself, is it going to work or does it, you know, am I going to be resentful toward it? Then on a more practical level, you choose the tools and sometimes you choose them yourself because Let's say you need a tool for personal finance and you read a bunch of reviews online and you decide that you go with YNAB, you need a budget, uh, or you decide that you go with Mint because whatever, it suits your lifestyle. The next step is really to A, stop and admit that there will be a learning curve. That at first you are going to be uncomfortable, you are going to be, it won't come natural to you, you might be resentful, and to commit to do it anyway and to give yourself kind of, you know, I'll do it for three months. And if I still hate it after three months, then I'll switch. Mm. I think that's so important for a marketing funnel, for a system, for anything. Like there's going to be a period where it feels not very fun or comfortable or I don't know, it, like there's just going to be a period of learning and resistance, right? Right. So you need to commit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the 21 21- habit building mm-hmm. 21 days for a habit right. to form. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's kind of like that using a system is essentially a habit that you form. So you know that in order to make it natural, to make it second, second nature for you, you need some time. And you, you also kind of like, it's important to have in the back of your mind that it might suck for a while, yeah. but it's still worth it. And then once we made the commitment, then what we really need to do, and that's kind of moving into the micro level, 
it's building a procedure around using it. And a procedure, it could be, you know, it sounds bombastic, but it could be something, uh, something as simple as every Thursday, I open my Google Docs because this is my, this is a part of my system of outlining, you know, my next week. Or it could be as simple as I decided it's something recently I'm going through. I decided to do a podcast. I have a ritual. Like I have, first of all, a specific time when I record my episodes. And then I have a ritual of settling into the task. I plug my microphone in and I put my, um, and I put my headphones. In fact, it's even more specific. I plug my microphone in when I start the interview. Uh, and before every interview, you know, there's some housekeeping, kind of get to know each other conversation. And when I hit record, this is when I plug in my earphones. Mm. So there is a ritual around a specific task that's a part of the procedure and a procedure that's a part of a system. God, that sounds horrible. Seriously. Let me rephrase it in kind of more people-friendly way. You can see that my corporate background is raising its ugly head. It's important to have almost a date with your system to make it easy and fun for yourself. You know, one, one way to do it is to make it pleasurable. Like, you know, every time you record an episode, you indulge you know, in your favorite hot drink, hot cider with cinnamon. And then you have a ritual to actually starting the task and the ritual to ending a task. And when we speak about rituals, they have to be quick and easy and repetitive because that sends a signal to your brain that, hey, I'm in the implementation mode. Now I'm taking this action. Now I'm kind of setting myself on the track of, let's say, engaging with my money or on a track with on a track of planning my week or on a track of outlining my blog post. So rituals are sending signals to our brain that tell us, okay, you're now ready. This is, this is now what you do. Does it answer your question? Yeah, I love that. Um, it, because it, because it does, it like, it just gets you in that mode. Um, and I, you know, I was just thinking as I was sitting there, I was thinking, I love that idea of having a ritual because I have a specific time, um, of the week when I sit down and think about, well, I do my podcast shows, I batch them. So every other week I do them, but, um, I have a specific time when I sit down and do them, but I don't have a ritual. And I, and so I usually find myself kind of dinking around for like the first 30 minutes where I just like, like I'm not really fully into it. And I just was thinking like, what could I do that could get me into that like creative mode? What, what's something simple that I could do? So I'm going to try that too, because I think that it could be really helpful to just switch out of whatever I was doing into, okay, this is what I'm doing now. You know what, when you said that you're kind of dinking around, Mm -hmm. that's actually fine too, because for some tasks, especially the creative ones, I find that we need a longer transition mm-hmm. because creative task is a commitment. And especially for people who you know are very closely tied um, with their businesses, it's part of who we are and the stakes are really high. It's like we're 
very often we're infusing part of our soul in what we do. So it's a pretty tall order to even write a blog post. And when you sit there and you kind of, you know, surf Facebook or I, I like playing dots on my phone, I find it like immensely mind clearing. It's okay because it makes you calmer. It's okay because it makes you relaxed. And from that place, it becomes easier to create. So in and of itself, you know, playing dots on my phones, it's kind of a ritual for my creative tasks. Yes, like technically I'm thinking around. I love that uh, expression. Can I, <laughs> can I borrow it? No, sure. <laughs> uh, but fundamentally what's happening in my brain, I'm preparing myself to transition into the creative mode. Yes, I have like this final ritual when I say, okay, enough thinking around. I plug in my microphone and I'm in, or I open my file and I start writing gibberish. Uh-huh. But... There is transition and it's part of the process. It's part of the system for me. And that's perfectly okay because it works. Well, and I'm just wondering if I just kind of build that into my um, system of, you know, my quote unquote system of transitioning. If instead of spending the energy of like, I just need to get into it, like stop messing around. You know what? A year ago, I would tell you, yes, factor it in. Put time on your calendar for dinking around. And now, as I grow and as, as I learn, as I work with more clients, I came to a conclusion that these things have to be more fluid. Oh. And the key here is to both allow time for it. So, for example... If I think that writing a blog post would take me three hours of pure writing, I know that I need to allow four because I will probably have this time where I just surf my Feedly and Facebook and go over to check what new books came out <laughs> uh-huh. as, part of, you know, as part of kind of getting myself relaxed enough to create. Um, but... The more important part, kind of the underlying part, is once you allow for it, once you allow for the transition, is to forgive yourself, is to be ready, is to, you know, let go of the rigidity and say, okay, I'm allowing four hours, if we go with three, right, before, because I know that part of it would be spent just getting myself into the right state of mind. And maybe I'll start writing right away. And maybe, you know, I'll be good 10 minutes in. And maybe not. But I'm already kind of giving myself, like, I'm giving myself permission in advance to live with it and to not blame myself and to not beat myself over it. Because let me tell you, beating yourself is detrimental to creativity or to any kind of activity, actually. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I try to get better about that. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I only have a little bit of time. I got to get going. So which then, of course, makes me go even slower. So I was just wondering if there was a a better way for me to make that transition and stop beating myself up about it. I guess it's a delicate balance that everyone 
finds for herself because, you know, giving yourself a complete blank check and complete forgiveness, obviously not going to work as well. Uh, it's not going to end well, but I think we all have to discover where the line is for us, like where it's okay and where it's not. And that's very individual. Mm, I love it. I'm getting individual coaching here. Everybody gets to hear my, my stuff. Well, talk to me then about, cause I love, you know, you know, diving into this, but talk to me then about how, you know, when we take a look at a system that maybe has worked for us in the past. So I'm thinking about, for example, I had a new client system for my Facebook ad clients. So when a Facebook ad client came on, I had a specific system that they went through and about, I don't know, four or five months ago, I was like, this system is just kind of cumbersome, really hands-on, and it just wasn't working for me anymore. It just took a lot of touch points. And I was like, we need to find a better system. And so we took all of that that was really, took me a lot of one-on-one work and switched over to Dubsado. Have you ever used Dubsado? I haven't used it, but I heard amazing things about it. Yeah, and so if people aren't familiar with Dubsado, basically what we did is we took, uh, you know, like my um, contract that people needed to sign and then my initial questionnaire that people needed to fill out and (laughs) all of the steps that they needed to do to give me access to their Facebook account and like all these things that I was just doing, like I had, you know, pre-populated things, but I was having to go do it after each step. We put them into Dubsado. And so as soon as they sign the contract, Dubsado sends out the next step and it builds them automatically and it does everything. And I was just amazed at how much easier it was. And I was like, geez, I wish I would have done this earlier. And so, you know, for a long time, I just resisted even looking at any automated systems because I was like, ah, it's going to take me away from that one-on-one interaction and all this stuff, but actually my clients loved it. And so I would love from from you to just, um, you know, when we are thinking about systems in our business and about ways to help us be more effective, save time, maybe even serve our clients better, um, and, you know, manage our money better or whatever, what are some ways that, um, you know, that we should be thinking about how and when to switch to a better system? That's a wonderful question. And the answer, as always with complex questions, it depends. So there are a few scenarios where switching to a better system usually makes sense. And we'll start with something kind of like you gave. You know, when you continuously stay abreast of new technologies, but basically when you keep your eyes peeled and you're part of a business community and you kind of know what's going around and something catches your eye and you think, oh, that could be done better and you have the bandwidth to really switch, that's one very uncommon and very peaceful scenario, so to speak where, you know, you heard that there's a thing that's called Dubsado. You're not quite happy. Like, you're okay, but you're not entirely happy with your current system. You check it out. You say, oh, you know what? I think I can take on this as a project for a while. Let's do it. That happens exceptionally, exceptionally rarely. Most often, you switch to a better system when your current system is breaking down and it's costing you 
time or money or energy or frustration or all of the above. So when, here's an example. In my days of being an intern for an interior design firm, they had the guy who claimed to be their client manager, project manager, something manager. And he was, um, I'm being silent here because I don't want to um, badmouth people on air. But one of his, you know, one of his responsibilities was to send invoices to clients. And half the time, he would forget because oh this is gosh. how good manager he was. <laughs> now, residential clients that have enough money to hire a fancy designer don't like being hit with a huge bill, you know, once every few months. They react much better if you send them bills every month and if the expectations were, you know, clarified at the beginning. So what ended up happening that when this guy was forgetting to send the invoices, the design firm would just eat it. They would just, you know, they would just eat up the cost. They ended up charging like far less than they should have been because they felt that they will hurt the rapport with a client if they send them huge invoice once in a long while. That's a system that was clearly broken. And at that time I was an intern, so nobody listened to me when I said, it's, it's actually a good, <laughs> a good place to put reminders. Uh, and you know, I was out before I could change anything. But if something like that is happening in your business, and I hope to God it doesn't, this is when you need to switch to some kind of even basic CRM, or at least put you know, Google reminders, recurring ones that you need to send and it goes to a particular client. Like nowadays, you can do it with stuff like Dubsado uh, or what have you. You know, if you use Infusionsoft, if you use almost any system. Um, I, like, um, I like Harvest. Harvest is really good about these things too. So when something is broken, that's usually a good time to switch. Now, this has a caveat and sort of a different sub-scenario. If you are in a crisis and you know that your systems don't work, but you just can't afford to take on a new learning curve, that's not when you switch to a better system. That's not when you throw your current system out of the window. If it's, you know, if it's kind of sort of working, just stick with it till you ride out the crisis and then switch. Now, the fourth scenario is actually very different. And this is what I kind of had in mind when I first thought about the question. And this is when your current systems, nice and shiny and well-oiled as they might be, when they are so mechanical, when they're so ingrained that they prevent you from dreaming. They prevent you from thinking about your business or about anything in life in a new way. When you feel that your mind goes along very familiar and kind of very deep tracks and you can't get out of a certain way of thinking or a certain way of doing stuff. I'll give you an example. 
when I was pivoting to an online business, um, so for the first five months of my business, I was strictly local. I felt that system work brings on such deep emotional discomfort, so surprisingly so, that I absolutely had to be in the same physical space as my client to just hold their hands when I have a meltdown. Um, and then for a variety of reasons, I decided to go fully virtual. I had all my systems for the local business set up. They were perfect. I loved them. I had no trouble using them and they worked really great for me. But when I decided to go online and I had to create a vision, what it's going to look like, what I'm going to offer differently, how I'm going to put my name out there, I felt that it was really hard for me to dream. I was like, I was a pro at planning. I was awesome at goal setting. I had systems for that. But that these systems, they also hurt me when I tried to dream and create a real true vision. When I tried to kind of reconnect with myself and with kind of tune into what's outside. And I literally had to do some internal work to just not use my system, to not like look and plan and write stuff down because it would hurt me rather than help me. So that's another scenario when just throw your systems out of the window, maybe find somebody external who would guide you in a very different journey before you can install something else in your business that would help you in your new path. Hmm. That's really, really interesting. So systems can really help you, but you have to make sure that they don't so box you in that, that, <laughs> that you can't grow is what it sounds like you're saying. Yes. Yes. Because that can very easily happen. Uh, and we are used to thinking that it happens in big, tired, complex organizations like, you know, the army or the IBMs of the world. And it actually surprisingly happens to solopreneurs, especially solopreneurs who are good with systems because they rely on them so much. Yeah. 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 Well, I know like with my marketing funnels, I am constantly in there <laughs> taking a look at them and saying, okay, what's working now and what do I need to change? And uh, like, I'm always running tests and stuff. And it sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing with your systems as saying, okay, is it serving me right now? Or do I need to take a look at, you know, uh, where I need to go next. Yes. And I had a conversation um, on another show a while ago about baking variety and constant progress and improvement into your systems. Just like you said, that you're constantly asking yourself what can be improved, uh, what can be made better, what's out there that wasn't out there a year ago. Uh, you know, I like periodic reviews, not constantly, not every day, because that just detracts us from our real work. But every few months, it's great to have like kind of a review with yourself and see what's new, what's working. How can we mix it up? How can we make it not boring? How can we make it more engaging for me, for my clients, um, for maybe my vendors? That's actually really fun. Mm, I love that. I love that. And so who, so, you know, as, as people are thinking about their systems and are thinking about, you know, how, I don't know if things are working well or not, 
what are maybe a couple questions that they could ask themselves um, to even start thinking about like what systems do I have and is it time to to really even think about what I should be doing with my systems? This is a brilliant question because one of the biggest issues I come across, like I have no idea where to start. Like I know I need systems, but great, now what? And a good place to start is to ask yourself what hurts because this would bring you to the core of the issue. And to be a little more specific, what hurts, what it usually means, what causes you the biggest fear or resentment or avoidance? Like, what do you most afraid of? What are you most afraid of? What do you avoid? And what do you hate doing? And this is where the chaos lives. This is where a good system could level emotions out. This is where a good system can solve a problem because, hey, there is a problem. If you resent it, there is a problem. If you fear it, there is a problem. So for instance, if most often this happens with money, if what really hurts is that you have no idea how much money you plan to bring in in the next three months, you should start with a cash flow system and a planning system. If where it hurts is that you end up at 9 p.m. thinking where the heck did the day go, you need to start using some kind of a calendar and figuring out what systems you have to stay productive throughout the day. You know, if you're afraid of team meetings, ask yourself why. What's so scary beyond being in, you know, like super introverted? What's so scary and how you can make it better? And the system there could go a long way to make your meetings pleasant and effective. Yeah, I love it. And so I know you have... Um, a free course uh, that can really help people dive into this. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Gladly. I always like talking about my free stuff. Um, it's a mini e-course, essentially a few lessons sent to you by email every couple of days that really walk you through the process of finding out, A, what's hurt, what hurts. And we focus on the key aspects, which is money, time, communications, and sales. And by answering the questions in the course, you discover where are your areas of pain. And then uh, the course takes you through what can you implement, essentially offers you a limited number of options so you're not overwhelmed with choice. Where can you start? What systems could you put in place if you discovered that the problem is in a particular money realm? Or what should you start using if you found out that your communications are lacking with your vendors, with your JV partners, with whomever. What tools, uh, what processes? There should be a link in the show notes, so it's yep. free. Yep. Look it up. I will link to it in today's show notes for sure. Well, this has been really, really great. I really appreciate you giving so much like depth and really good examples. So I just wanted to say, were, were there any last thoughts that you wanted to leave us with about systems? 
so many. <laughs> I'm trying to pick one. Well, if there is one thing that I want people to take away from this episode is systems are your friend. If you put them right and you implement them well, they're your best friend. They're not your enemy. Systems are really fun. They're there to support you. If there are two things that you want to take away from this episode, the next most important thing is the magic of next action. So whatever you do, decide on the smallest step possible. Go smaller, like smaller than that. The tiniest possible step and just do it because that will give you momentum in anything, not just systems, not just marketing funnels, but really whatever it is that you set on doing right now, decide on the teeny tiny action that would move you in that direction and decide when you do it. It doesn't necessarily have to happen this very moment, but if you know that tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. you're going to put on your sneakers, your chances of going to the gym rise dramatically. And it's true for every area of life and business. Mm, I love that. That's such a good tip. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on today. I know systems can help tremendously as we are growing our business. They help tremendously in supporting our uh, marketing funnels and just in making sure that we get paid and we get stuff done. So thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Marina, thank you so much for sharing such great insights with us. If you would like to get access to Marina's free course, head on over to today's show notes at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 29, that's just the number 29, and you can access her free mini training, Which Systems to Tackle First. Want to know which marketing funnel is right for you and your business? I have created a totally free and easy quiz to help you figure that out. Head on over to today's show notes at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 29. And in less than five minutes, you're going to know exactly which funnel is right for you. All right. I will see you next week for another great episode of The Marketing Funnel Show. See you then.